sure is. He's provided it all. Without him, we'd have nothing. I know we think sometimes, well, I work for this and I work for that. You hadn't got nothing, but God didn't give it to you. You don't have a, you didn't have the breath in your lungs you just draw without God didn't give it to you. He's an all-sufficient Savior. Ezra chapter number 3, the book of Ezra chapter number 3 this morning. We're going to begin to read the verse number 1, Ezra chapter number 3. And uh, we're going to begin to read with verse number 1. Probably not going to be that long preaching this morning. Of course, I ought not said that. But uh, I do have a burden, and a thought on my heart that I want to try and preach and deliver today if God give me the grace to do so. Y'all help me pray. My voice is not the best right now. I've got a lot of sinus drainage. So you help me pray about that. I want to look to the words of the Lord when you find your place, if you found it. It is in the Bible, Ezra chapter number 3. Uh, you all find, need somebody to help you get Angela or Sister Esther. They can tell you where it's at, okay? And uh, <laughs> they both quoted all the books of the Bible this morning in Sunday school. And uh, that's a good thing, amen. Ezra chapter number 3, when you find your place, if you can't enable, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, Ezra chapter number 3, and we're going to begin to read with verse number 1. The Bible said, And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the, of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set the altar upon uh, his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. They offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the feast of tabernacles that is written, as it is written and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the customs as the duty of every day required. And afterward offered the continual burnt offerings both of the new moons and of the set feast of the Lord that, that, that were consecrated and of every one they willingly offered a free will offering unto the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. They gave money also unto the masons and to the carpenters, and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon, and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea, to the sea of Joppa according to the grant that they had of Cyrus, the king of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, began Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedek, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they, all they that were come out of captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua, 
with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of, of Henadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites and the son of, sons of Asaph with cymbals to praise the Lord after the, after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by chorus in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men, that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, they wept, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy. So they, the, so, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege today that I have a Bible. I'm glad, God, that you can minister into our hearts from the precious Word of God. God, that you can speak unto us things, Lord, that are unspeakable. God, you can say things, Lord, unto our spirit. God, that we can, only, we can be the only ones to hear. But God, today, I pray you'd give me the utterance and the way to speak, Lord, that it might speak the words of God, Lord, that might benefit these, your people. God, I don't have a lot to say myself, but I pray, dear God, today <clears throat> that you would say so much. God, would you speak to my heart? Would you speak to others' hearts here today? And God, would you help us to leave here, God, with a difference made in our lives? And God, with help that we would need. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, God, for the precious cross of Calvary. But thank you most of all for the sacrifice that was made there for me. And God, I'm grateful that today I can revisit there. And Lord, I can thank you one more time that you saved me as undeserving as I am. Would you preach me now just for a few minutes, and I'll praise you. Help my voice, dear God. Help me, Lord, to submit myself unto you and give you, give you me this day. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You know the story you're familiar with all with the words of the Lord, you know what's taking place here uh, in the book of Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah have to do with the rebuilding of the wall and the rebuilding of the temple of Jerusalem and of God in Jerusalem after that uh, they were for, had been destroyed. Uh, we find that the book of Ezra tells us here at this particular place that, that uh, the children of Israel had came back into Jerusalem and and as they were there, that there began to be an occupation of it and there began to be a, an interest in doing the things of God again. Uh, an interest in getting back to the basics and an interest in doing uh, what God had at one time instructed uh, them to do. One time they had, had done this and it had been a great time, but then uh, in this great, uh, uh, this, this great time, there began to be a laxing of the will of men toward God. Um, their, their hearts began to fade. 
I know none of you have ever been like that, but that happens to me at times. My heart begins to fade. My heart begins to look in other directions. I begin to, uh, to let my mind and everything wander away from God. Same thing. We may look at Israel and say, oh, Israel, they were just so pathetic. But brethren, today, if we'll look at the New Testament church, we'll say we're, same, we're in the same manner. Uh, we really become pathetic in the days that we live in and, and our devotion to a God of heaven. And in our devotion to him, uh, I, I, as, I, as I notice these scriptures, and I preach from these many times before, mostly in revival meetings, uh, but I want to bring this home to us today. And I want to preach to you, if I can, for a few minutes on the subject uh, of the old people wept while the young people shouted. The old people wept while the young people shouted. Man, there was a difference in attitude there that day. Did y'all see what was taking place as we read the scripture? The word of God, how that they had brought, they began to worship, they began to, to offer offerings, they began to do the things that they had all that were that the law of God had taught them to do. But they beheld and they looked, Brother Joe, and there was no temple. The temple was in was rubbish. It was rubble. It was not there any longer. And, they, and then they began to give money unto the masons and to the carpenters and to them give meat and drink offerings unto them. And they at that time began to uh, to construct the foundation, if you will, of the house of God. And we, we know in the scripture how that this took place. And, and the Bible said that when the builders had laid the foundations of the temple, there was a whole generation that had never seen a temple before. There was a whole young generation that had never seen the glory of, the, of God's house. They had never seen the great things. There was a whole generation that when they saw that man, they shouted with a great shout. But then we read real closely on down there and they were some older folk. The Bible called them ancients. Ain't that what they said? Those ancients, those people that had, had been there before. Those that had been carried over into captivity. And it had made it, uh, maybe had, had left their young people, but it came back old folks. And, and they had seen the first temple. And they had seen the, the beauty and the majesty of, the, of what Solomon had built. And, and they began to weep when they saw the foundation of this new temple. The young people were excited and astounded over the fact that there was a temple that was built. But the old folks wept because it didn't compare to what it used to be. It didn't compare to what it used to be. As I sat in my study yesterday and began to go over some things in my heart and mind, I thought back in 2009, back in the month of October of 2009, I came back to North Spoon Baptist Church as being the pastor after being gone for 18 years. I had been gone for quite some time. And for the first was a good while, our church was an astounding, it was astounding. The spiritual condition for years was, was an exceptional spiritual condition. I've told some, and some folks even here don't even, may not understand, but, but I recall a a week of meeting that we had, a week of revival service we had where the evangelist may have stood in the pulpit, may have preached about 45 minutes all week. As a matter of fact, there's some folks that are here this morning that were saved that week or made a profession of faith that week. Let me say that. 
uh, that 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 were that made professions of faith that week when there was absolutely no preaching at all went on, brother brother Bradley. It was an astounding time. I uh, things that I had never witnessed before, the power of God and 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 the the goodness of God and and how God moved in in our in our presence and. As I begin to uh, to think about that and 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 how astounding I I saw some men I saw some of us men some of you men that are still here today we became broken and we were broken at times over our families and over our friends and and on our, over our own spirituality and some of you at that time begin to give yourself there were things that you had hold that had hold on your life in the past that you severed the ties of those things and you begin to to give yourself wholly unto God. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? I saw ladies at that time on their knees praying for the church and praying for their families and for others that were lost. Several years we witnessed God do some amazing things around this church. I mean, it's just a, I don't have I don't have a notebook big enough to to put down, Sister Wanda, what I watch God do. And isn't it amazing how fast we forget about what works? When we lose our cutting edge. We begin to go after religion in some way rather than going after God. Sometimes when I think about this, I look around and I see these young ladies and there's still some young men here, not many, but there's a few. Especially these young ladies that really have a heart for God. And man, they, they're being deprived today of what we enjoy. They're being deprived of services where God takes over. Where God has his way. Where God controlled not just the preacher, but God controlled you all. Today, they may come in and we may have a service that's real high every now and then and they may want to shout and say, oh, look what we've done. Look what God's doing. But we've seen better days. Our hearts ought to break as the young people shout. The old folks in their heart, the older folks, Brother Dean, me and you and Sister Ann, Brother Jimmy, my Sister Wanda, my wife, it ought to break our hearts that we don't have around here what we used to have around here. It ought to break our hearts that, that the power of God's not like it used to be. I'm not criticizing. I'm not condemning us, brother. We still got something most folk ain't got. But it's not nearby what it used to be. Let's look for a few minutes at the words of the Lord. The old people wept while the young people shouted. Haggai chapter 2 and verse number 3. The Bible said, Haggai speaking along this line, and, and he said, Who is left among you? 
that saw this house in her first glory. And he said, and how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Haggai's talking about this house. And he said, there's been some of you that seen the first one. Now you're looking at it today. Why don't you compare the difference and see what the problem is? We all listen to me for about 15, 20 minutes, so I mean listen to me earnestly. Today we've all got our own opinion of what the problem is. We all have our own opinion of who the problem is. Some of you say the preacher ain't doing this and other, others ain't doing that. But if you'll be honest with yourself, you can't much get outside your pew to find the problem. You can't much get outside the seat you're sitting in, by the way, not the one sitting beside you, but the seat you're sitting in to find the problem of why we don't have in the house of God anymore what we, what we used to have. Uh, to think about it this morning, those who have never seen the glory of the Lord. Haggai, when he spoke to those people, those older folks, and he said, y'all, you know, think about what we used to have and look now what we got. It's nothing to compare to it. There's other folks, there's younger people that have not witnessed the power of God, that have not witnessed the move of God, that have not witnessed what God's capable of doing. Hey, listen, no wonder false religion is taking a hold like a, 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 a great a, a rushing wind. Why? Because there is an excitement among that thing. We ought to be excited when we get to God's house. It ought to be an exciting time just to get to go to church. Y'all not have to be begged to go to the house of God. Y'all not have to. Y'all not have to be invited if you're a member to come to God's house. I'm telling you, it's your place. And you know what we're doing today? We're depriving our young people of old time religion. We're depriving them because we've forsaken it for being comfortable. I want to ask you this, where are they going to be when it's all said and done? Where, where's your children going to be when it's all said and done? Do you care? Preacher, every time, that's all you preach about. No, it's not. Where's your children going to be when it's all said and done? With your devotion to God in the manner that it's in today, when is your, where is your children going to be when everything's all said and done? I just wonder today, what's it going to be like? What's the future hold for your family? What's the future hold for your children, for your grandchildren? <coughs> Brother Mark, what's, what's it going to be like? You've got two benches full of family there. Thank God. But what's the future hold for them? Brother Troy, what's the future hold for that little girl and those two little boys? You see, it's not, it's not just a, them that's going to waste away the opportunity. I wonder, Brother Dave, if they're going to get it handed off unto them. You ever, run a, you ever seen a relay race? What they do in that relay race, one has the baton, he's got it in his hand, and he hands it to the next one. If he fails to hand it to the next one, you know what happens? 
they lose. If they drop it on the way, you know what happens? They lose. They don't win the race. Matter of fact, most of the time, they probably will not finish the race. Isn't that right? Today I wonder, oh God, help us to see. God, help us to see what we are depriving our, our young people, our children of. You see, they've never seen revival. They've never seen revival like some have seen it. They've never seen the move of God when they in the song service, the song leader leading singing, and the benches empty, and the altars fill, and people shout, and people weep and cry, and repentance comes, and folks run the aisle. You say, I ain't about all that running. I don't care what you're about. I'm just telling you they've never seen it. What's happened, y'all? They've never seen old-time revival where folks get under Holy Ghost conviction sitting in their pew and they run down the aisle. They're not coerced. They're not begged. But they run down the aisle and they don't need somebody repeating a prayer unto them. But they earnestly in their heart get born again. They've been some walking down the aisle on their way down the aisle uh, get saved on the way there. How is that? Because they believed and trusted. I'm wondering today, what are we going to hand to Anthony? What are you going to hand off to them benches full of young and son? I love you. You bite like mine. I'll still spank you if I need to. But I'm telling you today, as all of us as God's children, I sat there this weekend, Brother Bradley, and had my grandson Mays with me. Yesterday he came just to hug me. I got to, I done got out, just come out of my study, Joe, and I was thinking, oh God, what am I going to leave him here? What am I going to leave him behind? I, you know, I, 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 I know he loves to play ball, and he's pretty decent at playing ball, and, and he does this, and he, he, he got a good, good head on his shoulders. He, he loves to work. He'll work real hard. But if we leave him all of that and we deprive him of this, we failed him. We failed him. They've never seen what we've seen. They've never seen old-time revival. They've never seen repentance. They've never seen lives change abruptly. <laughs> I'm talking about lives change. They've never seen that. They think the way of life is to live one way at church and live a different way at home. That's what they think that, that, real, that Christianity is. They've never seen true repentance, I wonder. They've never seen something real enough to change their lives. But they're shouting about what they're saying because they've never seen what we've experienced. You know what? To only miss it in when it's gone. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 6. We know what all about that old boy getting an axe head. You know, you remember the story about the axe head? He used that. That axe head was probably taken for granted for a long time. And then one day 
it was gone. And then he began to cry out. Why? Because he had lost the cutting edge. The axe head was gone. It was no longer there. It wasn't missed until it was lost. Luke 15, the woman had the coin. You know when she, when, when she really got concerned about that coin? When it was gone. It was not sought after until after it was gone. So we look at those who've never seen it. But number two, and I'll be done. Let's look at those who let it pat it, but let it pass away. I read about those old men here. In verse number 12, but many of the priests and the Levites and the chief of fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, they wept with a loud voice. You know what they had the reason they wept? Number one, they wept because number one, I believe they regretted that the first house was gone. You know what they'd say? I wish it was like it used to be. Y'all listening? Oh, I wish it was like it used to be. I wish it used to, I wish it could be that way again. You know what else I believe they regretted? I believe they regretted that they had cheapened down their service to God. But here's the problem. They did nothing to change it. When this business isn't first, y'all, we're selling our children's inheritance. We need to get back to real worship in order to present something to our family that be lost. The Bible tells us about Naboth. Y'all know Naboth, the story of Naboth? Y'all remember him? Ahab, wanted, what did Ahab want? He wanted his vineyard, didn't he? But Naboth wouldn't sell him the vineyard. Why? Why wouldn't he sell it? Because he inherited it. You see, it was against the law of God to sell an inheritance. Whew. I don't know if you're getting a hold of that right there or not. Will you listen at me? It was against the law of God to sell an inheritance. I don't know about you all. But we've inherited some good things. There's been some old folks come before me that fought the fight and stood the course, that paid the price. Brother Mike, that suffered. They sweated blood and tears. They stayed on their face and on their knees and handed us a country. They handed us a country that there ain't never been another one like. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. There won't never be another one like it. We've enjoyed the benefits and the blessings of a holy God. 
We've enjoyed the goodness of God. We've enjoyed the freedom and the liberality to worship as though we please. Ain't another country on the face of God's earth got what we've got when it comes to that. I didn't fight in the War of Independence. I didn't do it. I didn't fight in the Spanish-American War. I didn't do it. I, I didn't fight in World War One. Nobody in here did either. I didn't fight in World War Two. Neither did any of you. Korea, I was not there. Vietnam, Brother Silas was there. Saudi, there was some more there. But I didn't go there. But I've inherited the blessings of it. It was handed to me. It was given to me the freedom to, to live in this country and to do as though we please and, to, and to, to have the privilege to meet freely in the house of God. Man, what a blessing we've been handed. There's been some old saints of God that left the shores of England a long time ago because they come over here seeking refuge so they can worship. They fought for it, Brother Joe. They stood for it, and they gained it. By the help of God, God honored their efforts, and God and they've gained and they gained that freedom, that liberality for us that we and they handed it down from generation to generation to generation. And today, it's come our lot, and we live in the weakest time of the modern day church America's ever seen. Mega churches everywhere that has no power of God. Just play some funky music and boot your hands in the air. But I'm talking about repentance is not there. Change is not there. A different lifestyle is not there. The power of God's not there. Salvation's not there. What's happened, Brother Bradley? We've sold our field. <laughs> we've went against the law of God. Brother Mike, we've went against the law of God. We've sold what God handed down to us. And we've given it away. Some of you right now are selling away your families. All you think about is today, but I'm telling you there's going to come a day when you're going to wood to God, you're going to, when you stand over a casket of a loved one and you look in that casket and they've never heard the gospel enough to believe and trust Jesus. They've never been to church enough to know that they need to be saved and yet they're going to, you're going to stand over their casket and wonder, I wonder what I could have done. No, you'll not wonder. No, you'll not wonder. You'll know for sure that somebody dropped the baton. Somebody dropped the baton. I was told, little girl, little Pettigrew girl, y'all have kept up with her. I know most of you. She's dying. How old is she? 10 or 11 years old. 
Her mama said something on Facebook the other day about praying for her salvation. She's dying. I don't know that she's reached an age where she's accountable or not. But mama wants to know. <laughs> mama wants to know. They've, been, they've kept her in church, by the way. Hallelujah. Been faithful to the house of God. But it's coming a time when they're going to look over in the casket. And I just want to know. She's in heaven. Naboth wouldn't sell it because he inherited it. What, what, what do you mean, preacher? Well, somebody, first of all, think about this. Somebody prayed for it. Somebody prayed. I, wonder, I got to thinking about that yesterday, Brother Joe, and I wondered how long some of them old folks on the, on, uh, the, the, the church in, in isolation and under, the, the, under the, 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 the English government, the true church, I'm talking about those that were, those, those old, the, the Puritans, they were called Puritans for a reason. Y'all know that. They were separatists, buddy. They may have had some works involved some places, and I, but I tell you what they did. I tell you what they did. They lived a different life than the rest of them. They said, we want to worship freely. Some of them prayed for it. Not only some of them prayed for it, some of them paid for it. Somebody had to pay for it. Somebody prayed for it. Somebody paid for it. Listen, someone had to plow that field. What's that mean, preacher? It means every now, every now and then, you know what happens? Every now and then the, the freedom and the, the blessings and, the, and those things come under attack from the enemy. And somebody's got to sink the plow deep and labor to keep it like it is. Then after it was plowed, somebody planted it. Naboth inherited that, that vineyard. He hadn't done nothing. But preacher, what could he do? He had a job, and Naboth's job was to preserve it. All he had to do was preserve it. And he said, my, my field's not for sale, O king. My vineyard's not for sale. I can't do it. I'm going to preserve this. I want to hand it down. I want to give it down. I want to hand it off one day. Can I ask you this morning? I'm done. Can I ask you this morning? Do you want to hand something off? Right now, the what with your lifestyle, with the way you're living, with the way your attitude is toward God, with your spirituality. Listen to me, men. Men of North Spoon Church, put your eyes on this old preacher right now. It's time you get off the wife's skirt tail of spirituality. You hear what I'm saying? You look at the ones that get to the altar. Where are you men? You say, preacher, we'll, we'll get, you might run me off. You might go, but I'm going to tell you, I don't run real good. Preacher, there's more to it than going to the altar. I know, but what are you doing? When our men begin to sell out for God again, maybe we'll see a difference around here. But it's going to take men being men of God again.